Welcome to Odeshi, the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 24. If you're ready to take your destiny into your own hands, you've come to the right place. This is Ordeshi, the Bulletproof Entrepreneur, featuring interviews with the most exciting and amazing entrepreneurs across Africa. Here's your host, Chi Odogu. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in once again. So, a few developments since you last heard the last podcast. We are now live in Nigeria. I moved my base of operations from New York City to Lagos, Nigeria a couple weeks back. And I just decided to take some time out to re-strategize, plan, pack, move, and you know, just generally get all the logistics I required for me to come to Nigeria, stay resident here, and of course, do what I do. That is, bring you some awesome interviews with awesome entrepreneurs across the African continent and launch some of my entrepreneurial projects. And we'll get to those a little later. But for now, we're back in Lagos, where we, where it all started, and the shows will be coming to you every week, nonstop, without fail. The show this week, we have a great and amazing entrepreneur. Her name is Uyai F. Young. She's a young, up-and-coming entrepreneur in Lagos, Nigeria. And she's going to talk to us about, you know, how to optimize a small and medium-scale enterprise for maximum success in a growing emerging market economy like Nigeria. And uh, I'd like to tell you guys that if you do enjoy the show and you'd like to support us, uh, this is just my shameless bride. Please, my shameless bride, not my bride. Please uh, go to iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio and like us, leave a comment, give us, you know, whatever rating you feel we deserve. Tell us how we can improve and help serve you and general population at large. So if you could just pause the interview right now, head over to iTunes.com, sign in, and then leave a review. You can do the same at SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and, of course, YouTube. And just... Tell us how we're doing. Or you can even go to my website, odeshi.com, O-D-E-S-H-I.com, and just leave a review, give your comments, any questions, and I'll be sure to get back to you. Yeah. So with that said, uh, let's take a quick word for some of our friends, and then we'll get on into the episode. Boom. Are you interested in increasing sales and driving higher profitability for your company? Do you want to reach over 50 million buyers and potential customers? Then head over to Conga Marketplace at conga.com. Conga.com is Nigeria's largest e-commerce marketplace that provides millions of customers the ability to access a wide variety of products at very attractive prices. Showcase your goods and services and watch your business explode. Go to conga.com, that's K-O-N-G-A, com and sign up to be a seller on Niger's largest marketplace. Good morning, guys. Welcome to the show. Today's guest is Uyai F. Young. She's the lead consultant of Aredi, a strategy, process, and service design consultancy based out of Lagos, Nigeria. Uyai is here to talk about her life as an independent consultant working in the Nigerian environment, being a startup and trying to hustle business from the bigger, more established companies, and just generally how to operate as an independent contractor in a vibrant and changing environment like 
Nigeria, especially Lagos, Nigeria. So, Uyai, welcome to the show. Could you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? My name is Uyai. I was trained as an engineer, which is where I got exposed to, like, the importance of having good processes and the importance of having solid operations to support your business. And so I spent a few years at a major consulting firm in Nigeria, and um, it really got me thinking that that why don't we create a service that can help smaller companies have access to the same level of consulting, but for a smaller price that fits their budget. And then Mm -hmm. what led you to quitting your job and then launching this venture independently because you just mentioned that you worked as an engineer and then you have a background in Accenture as a consultant. So tell us a little bit about your experience as a consultant before you now decided to launch out independently. I really enjoyed my experience at um, Accenture. I had a great time with fabulous people, fabulous projects. I really got the chance to work on some very interesting projects for large clients in Nigeria and also in West Africa. Um, I left for personal reasons. Um, I can't go into that on the show, but I had to leave for personal reasons. But I just, you know, I still really enjoy helping businesses solve their problems. And um, I, I enjoy watching people do things better, do things more efficiently. And also I enjoy seeing how it affects their bottom line. And so that's when I decided to start my own business and see how I could bring that same consulting expertise to smaller companies and also have have it for a budget that fits them. How easy was it to land your first client? Um, It was easy because I had a network of people that knew what I was interested in. You know, so I'm the kind of person that I dream business, I talk business, you know, I'm always thinking about how businesses could do stuff better. And so, you know, and I had a network of people and I had a network of uh, family and friends that also helped me to tell other people what I was doing. The interesting thing is that I got my first client from a Twitter relationship. So from somebody that I met on Twitter that, you know, follows me and I follow her and we exchange business information and she tweets about what she's struggling with with her business and then I tweet back at her at how she can fix it and so one day she called me and said hey why don't you come in and help me and i'm actually going to pay you to help me solve my problems so that's how i got my first official client oh wow so could you elaborate further on how this relationship on twitter developed and what was the problem she was facing and how you solved that first problem for your first client okay Okay, so I I tend to follow a lot of people that I know own businesses in Nigeria. So, like, as I find out that people own businesses, you know, and they seem to have an interesting personality, I follow them, and then I interact with them. A lot of times they'll tweet, okay, I'm looking for this, or I'm looking for that, or I'm having this issue with my business, and she was one of those people. She kind of, she had a few problems, and she kept tweeting about it, like, oh, okay, I need help. How do I, you know, how do I improve this, you know, or it's taking me three days to do this particular job, how do I make it shorter? And I would answer her, okay, this is how you can cut it down to one day or two days or, you know, things like that. And so I kept tweeting at her. And one day she just said she's so overwhelmed, you know, trying to manage her staff on a daily basis. She's doing her best, but she, she feels like she needs to give them guidelines every few hours and that they're not independent. They can't do things on their own without getting guidance from her. And so I told her, okay, well, a way to help improve that is by doing process design, which means, you know, coming, we come in and we look at everybody's processes. We look at, okay, your accountant should know what to do on a daily basis. 
and you know some your sales staff should have like guidelines for what they should do on a daily basis because if you put these guidelines in place you know they're going to be able to they'll come into work and they'll know i have to complete these three tasks for the day and i only reach out to the manager when i don't know what to do or i run into a problem somewhere so we helped her do that and now she has freed up her time to do more strategy to do more long-term thinking for her business instead of following her staff around every one or two hours to ask what are you doing and have you done that so that's basically how that how we started working together so you started out by essentially being proactive and offering value for free not knowing where that value would lead and then she was overwhelmed one day and she just said hey man i really need help doing this and then as a process engineer, you were able to see where the bottlenecks and where the problems were coming from in the business and help her work on the business. So as a business owner, she doesn't have to always be in her business. And then she now has free time to think of strategy and to think of new products and services to add to her business to increase the bottom line. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. And I think the most important thing that my work offers clients is an independent eye. So sometimes when you're in the business every day, you know, it's it's difficult to like take a step back and look at it, especially when you're feeling overwhelmed by having to manage your staff on such, you know, a minute basis. So what I offer is like an independent look at your business. I come in and, you know, I can kind of see where the bottlenecks are. And these might have been bottlenecks that people have gotten used to over time and they don't really see it as a bottleneck, you know. So sometimes it just takes a fresh eye to look at things. Okay. So you got that first client. It turned out to be a success. And then how did you start scaling up your business? Um, well, I just, I made sure I got referrals and testimonials for each piece of work that I did. Mm-hmm. So every time I finished a project, I would, you know, draft up, a, a testimonial of what I did, what the problem was, and then how I solved it. Okay. And I would get the client to sign off on it and say, okay, this is what she actually did when she came into my business. And then I would ask them for referrals. So anytime, you know, they found someone that needed process work or service design work, they would refer me to that person. Now, it doesn't mean I won every single piece of work, mm-hmm. but I was able to get more and more work and then, you know, I, I was able to, like, scale up my business that way. And so now, like, more people are hearing about me, and that is mostly through referrals. Okay. So now the entrepreneurs that you were collaborating with and pitching to to um, win business from, did they understand that they had this type of issues in their business? Were they able to articulate that, oh, I have some bottlenecks or my processes are not working, or they just feel overwhelmed and they know that something is wrong and they just need someone to fix it like calling telling the doctor oh i have a headache and then the doctor asks you a bunch of questions and then they diagnose that hey it's not really your head it's like something wrong with your liver or something so how how did they um conceptualize the, the problems they had and what they could articulate to tell you okay most times they don't actually articulate that they want process design or service design. I think most of the time it comes with, okay, I'm spending too much time managing my staff. I'm spending too much time telling them what to do on a daily basis. And I just want to be able to hands off of those, you know, daily small tasks. I want to be able to do a hands off and like think more strategically. So it's usually that, or it's a matter of, okay, I know that we're not running efficiently. It's taking us too much time to do things that we should have been used to by now. 
So it's usually an efficiency problem or the fact that the manager wants to spend more time on, you know, longer term goals. Oh, okay. Either an efficiency mm-hmm. problem or trying to spend time on long term goals. Okay, great. Yes. And so you're a small business or an independent contractor. You're working out of a co-working space called Capital Square. Talk to us a little bit about you deciding to work out of a co-working space as opposed to investing money in getting infrastructure for yourself. Okay. Well, most of the work that I do, I just need my laptop and my my Internet access and also a notebook to like take notes when I'm talking to my clients. So I, right now I don't really like I don't need equipment. You know I don't need my own uh, office. I just felt like it was a bit of a waste of investment at this point to get an office. Okay. You know, but meanwhile Capital Square is there and it provides me with everything that I need to work. They give you internet access. They give you a table. They give you a good working environment. They have tea and coffee, and so it really gives me everything I need. And then the fact that I don't work there every day. You know, it just gives me that flexibility to, flexibility to be able to do the work I need to do when I need to do it. Okay, so you're basically leveraging the assets that Capital Square has in order for you to maximize the return on your investment and on your time so that you can offer mm-hmm. better services at more attractive prices for your clients. Is that correct? Exactly, exactly. Oh. Okay, so let's let's dive a little bit deeper into your background as an entrepreneur. Could you tell us what what was the main driving force for you to essentially say, you know what, rather than me looking for another company to join and offer this type of work, I'd rather take the leap of faith and bet on myself? Okay, well, um, as I mentioned earlier, I've always been the kind of person that has been interested in helping businesses and, you know, seeing them do things in a better way. And so this has been a trait in my character, like long before I was trained as an engineer and all that. And so when I was in school in the university, I toyed around with the idea of opening my business for a long time, but I wasn't really sure I could do it then. I think it was after I left Accenture, you know, and I still wanted to go back into the consulting world. But I wasn't quite sure I wanted to deal with, you know, working the long hours on somebody else's terms. And so I just decided, you know, why don't I start something where I still work long hours, but I can kind of be flexible and work the long hours on my own terms. Okay. So working as an independent consultant in Nigeria, Nigeria is a very challenging place to do business as people say but there are a lot of opportunities Mm -hmm. here what are some of the opportunities that a young entrepreneur like yourself see in the marketplace and how would you um design a process to solve it as it were so let's let's look at it from not just a small business because um nigeria basically is an essential uh, conglomerate of small business to aggregate into what becomes our national GDP. So let's look from the top down as opposed to the bottom up. And, and how would you, for example, design a process to, to help solve maybe, I don't know, pick an issue in Nigeria? A national issue? Uh, any issue. <laughs> it could be traffic. Um, it could be anything. Hmm, that one is kind of tough because... I think most of my work is targeted towards smaller businesses. Okay. Um, but let's see. If if I were to do the traffic issue, because we all know that traffic is a big issue in Lagos, mm-hmm. um, 
I would definitely try to look at alternate forms of transport. So I feel like our waterways are not very well developed for transport. So I would definitely look at, you know, providing infrastructure, you know, maybe providing funding for people to come and start up like ferry businesses. So that would be one aspect. And then also in, in, in areas where like the infrastructure is really um, congested, like for example, the Lekiepe Expressway, you know, is congested like for many hours of the day. You know, I would invest in like flyovers for certain parts of that highway. So the people that are not turning off at the roundabouts and causing traffic, you know, they can just use the flyovers so that, it, you know, people that are turning can go under the bridge and help, you know, help ease the flow of traffic in those areas. So those are two ideas that I've actually always thought would be interesting if we could get Lagos State to implement them. Okay. So basically what I mm-hmm. wanted to do with that question was just to use your lens as a process designer and an engineer to come up with a high-level solution to a major issue. And I think that is the same type of thinking and the same type of um, um, strategic depth of thought that would apply to a small business because you have to look at everything from a holistic perspective. What are the assets that are being underutilized? Um, what, what, where are the bottlenecks? Where are some ways you can add additional services to maximize the bottom line? Mm-hmm. Would, you, would you say that a lot of entrepreneurs in Nigeria are able to structure their thinking in such a way that they can take a step back and see um, issues like this in their own businesses? I think some do, but many don't. And that is partly because there's so many fires to put out in, you know, as you're running a business. For example, is there electricity to run your business? If you don't have diesel, you're probably trying to run around trying to find diesel. You know, are your customers paying you? You know, are your staff showing up to work on time? Are they honest staff? You know, hopefully they're not stealing from you. And so there's all these issues that an entrepreneur has to think about on a daily basis. You know, so it, it gets difficult for them to step back and, you know, take a look at the big picture. So for that kind of situation, I mean, things will always come up, but I recommend that maybe you try to take a day or two in a month and just close your eyes to all the distractions of running a business and just take some time to think and see where you want to go with that business over the next three to six months. Okay. And for mm-hmm. you personally as an entrepreneur, um, what is... what? What's the most frustrating thing about being an entrepreneur, especially in this environment? Um, I think it would have to be when um, customers either they try to like undercut your uh, pricing by you know by a, a factor that is too much and is disrespectful. So if you bid a certain amount, let me just use one hundred thousand as an example, and somebody comes up and says, "Oh, well, I, can I pay like thirty thousand for that same amount of work?" You know, but it doesn't take into consideration the amount of time that that person is going to spend doing the work for you and the amount of expertise that they're going to bring. So I think it, it doesn't just happen to me. I, I've heard that it happens to like people in other fields as well. Okay. And so mm-hmm. what's, what's a recommendation? So how would you des- design a solution to solve that problem, for example? Would it mean actually offering, what, maybe three or four tiers of a package service, and then you let them decide on which tier they fall on. How would you design a solution to solve that? Um, well, that, that is one option, offering different tiers of um, products. You know, that's one option so that people at, at uh, any level can afford it. And the other option is also being able to take a step back and, you know, 
deciding to cut back a few of the services so that maybe the pricing can fall where it's comfortable for the client to pay. Okay. So that's the most frustrating issue. What about the reverse of that? What's the most um, rewarding or pleasant thing about being an entrepreneur in Nigeria for you? I think it's when I see my clients being successful and um, when they spend less time doing you know, the daily business has like anybody, everybody in business wants to spend less time doing something or other, you know, especially when it's not your core, like when it's something that is routine, you know, and it's just something that you have to do to stay in business. For example, the amount of time you take to do accounting, you know, it's important, but you don't want to spend, unless you're an accountant by training, you don't want to spend, you know, 10 days doing your accounting every month. It doesn't make sense. So for every, every, um, Every day or every hour, you can cut back from doing tasks that are not your core business. And I think that's a very important part of enjoying what I do. Okay. So that's the most rewarding aspect of your business. But let's take a look at your typical day, for example. How does your typical day go and how do you make it more productive? Okay. So um, I wake up and when I finish uh, my family business and uh, getting ready for the day, I think I check my email first. So like I just quickly glance through my emails to see if anything important came in overnight. And um, I respond to the ones that are most crucial and urgent. And then I plan for my day. I use a Todoist, which is a really cool productivity app. Um, I use Todoist to check off what I have scheduled for that day and then see if anything needs to be moved around based on the emails I got overnight. And so I try to schedule my day and uh, I plan for what meetings I'm going to be at, what clients I need to call. And, you know, I just make sure that I know what I'm doing that day. And then I decide, OK, I decide on uh, blocks of time to work on to work on my project. So, for example, I might spend two hours for one particular client or three hours for the next or just one hour. Or if I just need to make a call to check in, I might just schedule about 15 minutes to do that. Okay. So what are some of the tools that you use to make you more productive and add value to your clients? Okay. Um, so like I mentioned before, I used to do it to manage my productivity. So mm-hmm. I just, I put on my uh, to-do list for the day and my uh, appointments for the day and things I absolutely have to do. It also lets you have like a seven day plan or like a month plan. So you can look out into the future and see um, what needs to be done. Um, I use Hootsuite for managing my social media so I can schedule my social media ahead of time. And then uh, that helps me so I don't have to sit on Twitter and Facebook every day, but I'm still able to share my information to people that follow my um, my business Twitter, my business Facebook. Okay. Um, I also use Google Docs a lot to like store information and uh, store certain files. I can get them anywhere I am on the go. Um, I use Evernote to store notes. Like if I if I have an idea for a blog post, or I just want to make sure that I, I save some information while I'm out and about, I tend to store it in Evernote. Um, let's see what else. Um, I use LinkedIn and Twitter a lot to gain leads and to maintain relationships with my clients and like future prospects. Okay, so it looks like you use mm-hmm. social media often, especially to reach out. Um lead generation and also to keep in touch with your clients and basically to run your business. But 
could you tell me how do you bring ideas to life like when you want to work on a project or when you see something going wrong in a project or in a person's business how do you brainstorm and bring your ideas to life and implement them and execute them okay so for example if i see a, a, a process that you know is taking up a lot of a client's time and I feel like it could be better. I do, I tend to do a lot of research. So I find out about how people are doing it in other companies. This might be my previous clients, might be friends, might be people that have businesses. I do a lot of reading online as well. I have, you know, certain blogs that I follow. So like I'll just check through to see, you know, what have they done? Can it work for this particular client? Because at the end of the day, you want something that will work for that client. Not every solution you see online and, you know, not every solution that has worked for previous clients or previous people will work for a particular client. So I always try to make sure that I'm making the solution unique to each particular person. So I, t I tend to do a lot of research, a lot of reading, you know, a lot of asking questions to see what can be done better. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, what's one habit of yours that makes you more productive as an entrepreneur? Um, definitely the planning. I think I think um, I I am an obsessive planner. I work. I do my planning in the morning and also at night before I go to bed. I kind of make sure that you know I'm I ha I check my schedule for the next two or three days, and you know see what needs to be done. So I think I'm an, an obsessive planner. Okay, and so mm -hmm. with obsessive planning means you have a high attention to detail, but um, looking at it from that perspective of having a high attention to detail, let's wrap it and pull out maybe some lessons from the worst job you've ever had. So what was the worst job you ever had and what did you learn from it and how did you improve from that experience? <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I think uh, there was a pretty uh, uncomfortable internship I had when I was in school um, I'm not, I can't mention the name of the company on, uh, um, I did, it was just one of those nightmare internships where like the boss was bad, you know, he wasn't understanding, you know, he would never be there for like much of the day. And then at the end of the day, he comes in and is like, Oh, can you do this task and that task and this task? And he just would not provide any guidance and would not tell you what he needed done. And then he comes in two hours before closing time and expects you to do eight hours of work in two hours. So it was really bad for me because I am an, I'm a planner. Like I said before, I like to know what I'm doing and prepare my, my mind so that I know how to accomplish the task in the given time. Expecting me to do eight hours of work in two hours was like really bad. And um, I think it might have been a better fit for someone that, that uh, could work on the fly and, you know, would be willing to spend all day and all night at the office doing his work. But it just wasn't a good fit for me. I did. It, it did help my flexibility, though. I think I learned how to be a bit more flexible after that internship. But but um, I still wouldn't go back and do it again. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so that was the worst job you've ever had. So now let's take it a little bit more personal and let's say, let's talk about a significant personal failure and how you've recovered from that. Significant personal failure. Yes. Mm. When you, mm. you've experienced something or you've done something that you felt did not meet your expectation and you were crushed, as it were. 
Okay. Um, I would say I think uh, there was a time that I fell out with a family member because um, I think the lines of communication um, kind of dropped between us. Mm-hmm. And so we weren't really speaking like we should have spoken. And like there was a lot of misinformation, a lot of miscommunication. And um, I think the relationship really got sour. And so I, I'm not proud of that moment till today. I'm really not proud of it. And um, I wish I could have done better. But the lesson I learned from that was the importance of communication. And you need to carry people along in whatever you're doing. And it, it just makes life easier when you can talk to people and be open with them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how do you juggle work and family life? Because it seems as a busy consultant solving problems for people, you would also have like you know your own personal issues and things to deal with at home, be it with your immediate family or with your extended family. So how do you balance and juggle the two um, callings? Okay, um, I think it, it still comes back to planning. Like I have to, I plan my time really well. And so I wake up in the morning, I kind of have an idea of what errands need to be done. And so I try to group them at a particular time. So, for example, I, I don't like running errands in the morning and then in the afternoon and then in the evening. I try to group all my errands at one time. And also I try to group uh, my driving to, like, one area. So, for example, if I, if I have errands in Victoria Island, I'm going to try to do all those errands at the same time instead of going to the mainland and coming back and then going to the mainland again and, you know, coming back to VI. So I try to, like, do all my errands at the same time and at the same place wherever possible. So that kind of limits my time that I'm spending on the road doing things. And then, you know, I, I, when I come home from work, I have my family time. And then that's different from when I start working again. So I just try to, like, maintain a balance with my time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now moving from that, let's talk a little bit about your inspiration. So who are some of the entrepreneurs you admire and why do you admire those people? Okay. Um, I like Richard Branson a lot um, just because of his unique flair for doing business. So he seems to have a lot of fun. He seems to make his employees have fun, you know, and his customers seem to like him. And he's always doing something interesting in the news. So I really like him. Um, the other person I like to read about a lot is I read uh, about Tony Lumelu, and I really admire what he's doing with his um, Afri-capitalism and the sponsorship of 1,000 uh, entrepreneurs this year okay. as part of his uh, foundation work. So, I mean, I, I like hearing about what he's doing. I think he's a really great inspiration. Okay. And what mm-hmm. are some of the personal characteristics of these people? I know they are... Um, way out there, but take for example someone like a Richard Branson, we all see that the man is basically just enjoying life and doing business. Yes, and yes he's it. a at fun, you know. I just, I mean, I, I, I want to get to a stage where my business has grown to the point where I can really like enjoy it and have as much fun as he appears to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, Tony Lumelus, he seems to work really hard. I think that's um, I, I enjoy the hardworking part of him. I'm not I'm not really sure if uh, he has quite as much fun as Richard Branson though. <laughs> okay, yeah. so so what do you do to relax and just de-stress from a long week of, of solving people's problems in the office? Um, I think I like to cook, so I cook and then I read a lot, and then I also I watch a couple of TV shows, so um, some comedies, some thrillers, and some cooking shows as well. Okay, no business shows? 
Uh, no, 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 not on the weekends, no. <laughs> yep. yeah, there's this one show I've gotten into recently. It's called The Profit. So he, the guy is essentially a CEO of, I think, two companies in the United States. And what he does mm-hmm. is he uses his free time to invest his personal money in businesses that are experiencing issues, kind of like you are. So what mm-hmm. he will do is he'll go um, diagnose the problem and say, hey, I'm going to invest X amount of dollars for whatever stake in your company, and I'm going to tell you these are the problems we need to fix, and then um, watch the business grow. And that's really been helping me get at least a lot of strategic thought as to how to look at problems to solve them. So I think mm-hmm. if, if if you like to check that out, that's a really good one that's new and just coming around. It's the profit. So okay, okay. thanks. So those are the entrepreneurs that you admire. So what about some of the books, tapes, uh, messages that you read to broaden and enhance your mind? Um, Let me see. I am reading a really good one that's called The Little Red Book of Sales. Um, So it kind of teaches you about how to make sales and um, how to sell to your customers. It's interesting because it, it doesn't focus on the hard sell. It's a lot about relationship building and like how to stay front of mind for your clients. So that's a really good one. Um, some of the other classics that I've read is um, uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I think I go back to that one every now and then mm-hmm. so that I can, you know, stay afresh. And then there's also um, Peter Thiel, Zero to One. Okay. So like, even though it focuses more on like the high-tech startup kind of companies. I think it still has a lot of great business insights. Oh, okay. And then I I read a lot of blogs. Like most of my like service design and process design, um, the people I follow, I I mostly follow their blogs. Oh, okay. So basically Mm -hmm. industry news and industry um, developments. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So now yep. let's talk about um, something different. After reading all these books and um, keeping up in the industry, what what's a trend that you're noticing thus far? Okay, um, I think uh, people are beginning to pay more attention to how they treat their customers and um, how to design experiences for them. So it's not just okay, I have this great product or I'm opening a shop. I want to sell goods to people or, okay, come on. Uh, I'm an oil servicing company. Come and buy this from me. Like people are actually beginning to take time to think, okay, how are my customers finding me? How can we make the experience better for them? You know, how are we um, taking them from point A to point B? How are we providing information to them at the right time? You know, how are we making sure that we respect their rights, we respect their privacy? So people are really beginning to think a lot about how to how to design the customer experience and making sure it's a good one. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. And so what's one business idea you're willing to give away to our listeners that are listening to this show thinking, oh, she's doing something great and something cool, and maybe I should probably explore my passion in whatever I'm doing and launch out for myself so what's one business idea that you're willing to give away to the listeners um i would say if if you're in lagos um something that uses technology and something that can be delivered to your clients because with all the traffic people really don't want to go out and add an extra trip to your store or to your business so for example i I have a i have heard of a business that makes smoothies and delivers 
you know so it, it's it's solving two needs one is that kind of like the healthy food movement so it's it's uh, providing a healthy alternative to like cokes and fantas and all that and the second one is it's providing a something at a convenience so the drink is actually coming to you now there are loads of like food ordering websites and like clothes ordering websites so it looks like this um this business of providing convenience is it seems to be really big business oh, okay yeah so yeah. that's good that's good and now let's yeah. take it to um one of your personal habits so Obviously, as an engineer and as a designer, you invest in yourself, not, a, not just knowledge-wise, but also with tools. So could you tell me um, what's the best, um, what's $100 in Nigeria? 20,000 naira. So what's the best $100 you've spent recently, or what's the best 20,000 naira you've spent recently, and why? Hmm, that is a bit of a tough one. Uh... That is tough. <laughs> uh, I uh, can't really, I can't tell. I I have a few to pick from. So that is, that's a tough one. I'm not sure I can pick just one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, give us two. Okay. Um, there's uh, this uh, membership. It's a, uh, it's a group of entrepreneurs. So it's a business circle kind of uh, thing until you have to pay to get into it or pay for um, I guess the paying is not really for the it's not really for the membership it's more for like covering the refreshment and the cost and whatever and so um, I paid the membership fee it's an annual fee and I've just met like so many great people through it like so many great business owners you know so many great people and so even if they don't become my clients like just the relationships I've built from being in that kind of environment has been more than worth it was more than worth it for me okay okay i think i'll have to talk to you offline Mm -hmm. about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's great and um so let's as we wind down the show um could you tell us or could you give us a little bit of advice looking back on your career thus far? I know your company is um, fairly young and growing, but you had several years of work experience as an engineer and as a consultant. So looking back on your experiences thus far, um, if you had to go back in time to advise your younger self when you were first starting out uh, your career, what would you tell yourself and what? Yeah, what would you tell yourself actually? Um, I think I think the best advice I could give my younger self would be to focus. Um, when I first started the business, I think I was trying to offer too much of everything to like all my clients. So I was doing like um, HR consulting, you know, I was doing uh, just different things that were not aligned with what I really wanted to do, which was process design and service design. Mm. So I was doing, I was helping out with recruitment drives, you know, I was helping out with like, you know, things that were not my strong point. I think my strong point is really process design and service design. So I really wish I had focused at an earlier stage that that would be the best advice I could give anybody. Find your niche and focus on it. Okay. Find Mm -hmm. your niche and focus on it. Mm -hmm. And if you were to talk to someone that's looking to start an entrepreneurial venture, maybe a recent grad just coming out of school or somebody, you know, just like me that... uh, after being away for many years, is now back to Nigeria and thinking of doing something, but they're still doing their daily job. 
wherever they are. So what would you advise that person or what would you encourage that person to do? Okay. Um, first of all, I would just say, uh, take some time to like look at your idea. So if you have an idea already, go around and see, you know, if, if it's something that other people are doing, go around and see how they're doing it. Um, take a close look at their operations, take a close look at um, how they're executing. And so when you see, by the time you see how three or four people are doing it, you can easily decide what you want to do for your own business and see how it works for you. Um, taking time to like really scope out your processes and the way you want to execute ahead of time is very important so that you don't waste time, you know, buying things that you don't need or, you know, spending time doing things that are not, um, not your key line of, of business. Okay. So basically take the time, study the environment, take the time and then, um, do, do what your strong, uh, your strong suit is or do what focus on your strengths as opposed to trying to offer a buffet of services or products to people. Exactly. Okay, great. And with that said, yeah, we've reached the end of the show. So could Thank you please you. give us a parting word of wisdom and where people that are listening to the show can find you if they want to ask you more questions or follow up based on our discussion today? Okay. Um, okay, so I would say um, if you want to start a business in Lagos, Lagos is a great place to run a business, mainly because I think – um, there's so many so many people in Lagos, and so even if your business targets just five percent of those people, it's still quite a lot of people for for you to be able to reach and serve. So it's a great place to do business. It's difficult, but but um, if you stick it through, you should be able to see good returns. Um, as for how to reach me, if you need help with process and service design, uh, my website is www.aridi.com and the Aridi is spelled A-R-E-E-D-I um, I'm also on Twitter my personal Twitter handle is Y-O-O-W-A-I so it's a play on my name and then my business handle is A-R-E-E-D-I A-N-G-L-E so Aridi Angle oh, okay great yep so mm-hmm. that's great so uh, thanks for coming on the show we are um Wish you continued success as you work in Lagos, offering solutions to stressed out entrepreneurs and business owners. <laughs> we look forward to yeah. talking to you in the future, seeing how your business grows and develops. And maybe we'll, um, I don't know, bring on maybe a live case study for you to work on on the show, maybe sometime in the future. Okay, All that right. sounds good. All right. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay, Bye. then. Bye. Don't let another minute go by without taking action to change your life. Visit Ordeshi.com right now for more incredible resources. And we'll see you next time on Ordeshi, the Bulletproof Entrepreneur.